What is up, guys? Welcome into episode five of From the Box Office. Uh, I'm Vince Lobiondo here at my host, Mike, co-host Mike Johnston. And we are fresh off of our uh, From the Box Office Awards. So we are back to uh, the schedule as normal. We're going to break down some news, uh, talk some Last of Us, uh, talk some James Gunn, DC announcements, all that kind of stuff. Yes, sir. We're going to give a little rankings at the end for what we're most excited for. Uh, DC announced 10 projects. Uh, we're going to get into that. Uh, now, uh, describe all those projects towards the end uh, before we do our rankings. I, yeah, I, I, it was honestly a pretty big day. I didn't even know that that was coming until I woke up on uh, whatever day it was that, that came out. And I saw like, oh, yeah. oh, one hour until James Gunn breaks down the DC slate. And I was like, oh shit, I didn't even know this was happening. Yeah. I think I remember he was saying earlier, like maybe like last month when he first, uh, became president he said he was announcing projects at the end of january but i kind of just went over my head because there's nothing i don't really think i saw anything after that but. yeah i kind of just like forgot about it to be completely honest but so that was a nice pleasant surprise but uh we can you can lead us tell me you know where you want to start at and yeah, we're going to start at some news uh after so we're going to save dc for last towards the end of the pod uh do a whole big segment on it uh but first uh this week uh, we got another segment of hashtag Avatar Watch. We're always uh, so on Avatar Watch, baby. Avatar reached the fourth highest grossing movie of all time. It uh, passed Infinity War this week. It's now only behind the original Avatar, uh, Avengers Endgame, and Titanic. So James Cameron, now you got three out of the top four highest grossing movies of all time. That is crazy. And it will be interesting to see if the other Avatars like land up there as well. That's insane. Uh, and then today he did say uh, James Cameron had an interview with Variety, I think. Uh, he said today that uh, the Ash people in Avatar 3, that's like their fire nation, fire clan or whatever. He reiterated that there's going to be an aggressive volcanic race of Navi. Yeah, it's very random. So, he didn't really give any more details about it. But uh, he also said today, uh, this Sunday, James Cameron said he's going to discover if Jack from the Titanic could have survived on that floating door. Of course he is. He's doing a special on National Geographic on Sunday night. Uh, it's going to showcase uh, Jim Cameron and his team repeating that scene in four different scenarios to see if Jack could have survived. I, that's another thing. I had no idea this was happening, but now I have simply have to tune in. Yeah, I think it was like three hours ago or something. I was on one of my breaks during work, but I mean, I, I mean, that's pretty cool. That debate's been raging on for... For a long, long time. It's an iconic uh, movie still. Like, obviously, it looks like you could have fit on the door. Uh, so now I'm, we're going to... I'm, gonna... I'm, I'm in the camp of I think that it would have sunk with both of them on there. Yeah, I could see that. So I, I guess we're going to finally live... Uh, is that probably about 25, 30 years since the movie came out? So yeah. we're finally going to answer that question. Interesting. Uh, Willem Dafoe is apparently in talks to star in Robert Eggers' next film, Nosferatu, uh, with Nicholas Holt, Lily Rose Depp, and Bill Skarsgård. Uh, we know Willem is one of Eggers' boys. Yeah. He seems that would be his third Eggers project after The Lighthouse and The Northman. 
I am so excited for that Nosferatu movie. I I know nothing about it other than like that small cast, but just the fact that Bill Skarsgård is going to play Nosferatu is going to be terrifying. Yeah. Scar, he's so awesome, dude. I mean, it's going to be scary as shit. I can just yeah. tell already. Yeah. Willem uh, Dafoe was also just like, even if he's like the protagonist, like he's just creepy. He gives off he, a creepy he, vibe. It's very creepy vibe. I, I never saw the original Nosferatu. I know it's like, a, I think it's like 1930s in German. Yeah, the the most, only thing I really know about it is the SpongeBob. Episode. I was just going to say that's the most yeah. experience with Nosferatu I have. Which Nosferatu. That, going back and looking at that now still cracks me up because like what children were supposed to get that reference? <laughs> yeah, it's, a, it's a knockoff. It's uh, like a 19th knockoff like, German yeah. vampire. It's like a 19th century German vampire and like they put it in a children's cartoon. Yeah. So, yeah. I'm I'm very That's excited happening. for that movie. Robert Eggers is good. I still need to watch The Witch. That's like the one of his I still need to see, and I'm very excited to watch it. Yeah, I agree. Um, Ayo Edebiri, I think I hope I'm pronouncing that right. She was cast in a secret role for the Thunderbolts. Uh, she played Sydney from the Bear. She was the the new hire, the yeah African American woman. Uh, that's the only thing I really know her from. Uh, they didn't give any details about her character, but she will appear in. Thunderbolts, which is releasing in 2024, I believe. That's, I mean, that's interesting. She's, she, like you said, I don't really know her and anything beyond the yeah. bear. She was good in that. So, I mean, uh, I guess we're going to see a career be built in front of us. Who knows if she'll be like a hero or what, but uh, yeah, I, I guess it'll be interesting. I'd assume maybe like some kind of shield agent or whatever. Yeah, that uh, could be good. I mean, something like have, that. Yeah, they need to, they need to introduce some new shield agents. Yeah, someone working under Thunderbolt Ross. Uh, here's some more uh, video game adaptation news. Amazon is attempting to build some kind of interconnected universe for the Tomb Raider franchise. Uh, they're working on TV series, films, video games. Uh, they said Phoebe Waller-Bridge, who was a creator of Fleabag, one of the biggest comedies of this the last decade, uh, she's going to be writing uh, a television series for this universe. Uh, yeah, I mean, that sounds... I never really got into those games, but, uh, I mean, I know that people love them. They're iconic, they're classics, that should be interesting. Uh, The Mm. Last of Us, dude, with the success of The Last of Us, I feel like that is opening the floodgates for video game content because there was really no appetite for it because it had been done so poorly. Mm. I feel like with the success critically and, you know, like, numbers-wise for The Last of Us... People are going to just be like, all right, every video game now, like we're making something out of it, which, you know, can be good if they're done right. And I also feel like there will be a lot that are done wrong, just like they were before. So it's going to be interesting to Mm -hmm. see, you know, which games get picked, which games actually get made in a good way, which games they ruin, because it's still going to happen like it did before. Yeah, I've never gotten into Tomb Raider. I've never played a game or seen the movies, but I know it's had, I think, Angelina Jolie played Lara Croft at some point. And then most recently, I think it was Alicia Vikander. So, I mean, they've had right. stars in the role. They just, I guess they couldn't build a creative team around it. I mean, it doesn't uh-huh. seem like it should be a hard, like, it's basically just like a little bit more of like a violent type female Indiana Jones. Yeah, it's, kind of, yeah, it's in that Indiana Jones. Uh, if they if they follow like the guidelines that Uncharted had, I think it they're very similar, like that action adventure treasure hunting type. Yeah, I, mean, I think I, so. I could see it becoming like a little like fun, you know, popcorn movie type thing, you know. Yeah. Like like we've said before, we're big fans of flicks, you know. Not yes. every, everything needs to be a film. Yeah, everything uh, like if it's in the 60s, a high 70s, it's a perfect movie. 
you could make a fun movie out of something yeah, like that. There's so many. So I'll, I'll definitely check it out when it comes out. Like I'll keep my ear close to see what people are thinking. See, you know, when like it moves further, like a cast and all that. And we'll see what's happening. Maybe they get, maybe they get a star set of cast, you know, and it really draws some attention yeah. to it. That would be electric. Uh, moving on, Noah Schnapp. Uh, he is one of the stars of Stranger Things. He says that the final season will begin filming this May. Yeah, I mean, uh, Stranger Things is obviously one of the biggest shows in Netflix history. Um, I think Nef- I think Stranger Things is like the flick of TV shows. It is. Because like I like it and everything, but I like like it's good, don't get me wrong, but like it's not like amazing TV or anything like that. Like it's mm-hmm. not like, you know, Sopranos, Breaking Bad. Like it's not yeah. it's not even close to those shows. Like I enjoy it, but I don't think it's like the best show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's perfectly entertaining, but it also gets little dumbed down because it's probably netflix doesn't have those hbo type or uh hulu like all these uh other streaming platforms have these bangers and netflix kind of doesn't have those dramatic yeah it it also just like it kind of just gets it gets repetitive i mean i feel like i feel like there's only so many times that you can have you know the group is separated and they need to come together to fight a big monster and then at the Mm -hmm. end l puts her hand out screams and she wins like there's also just no consistency on how powerful that character is it's very like true like i I don't know if people are trolling but i remember a, a little while ago i saw like a debate on either tiktok or twitter about like l versus darth vader it's it's like it's like we don't even know how powerful her character is they don't ever like give it like some moments they make her look weak as fuck other moments she's op as fuck it 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 doesn't make any sense there's no power scaling in that show Mm -hmm. and also like it's becoming unrealistic that all of the characters have lived like like uh they 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 blew an opportunity to just kill i think we've talked about this before on here but to just kill off hopper at the end of season three yeah instead they decided to bring him back and put him in a very boring storyline when they could have just his death was emotional his death got me to cry when they read that note i i got got emotion out of me and they snap that emotion in half five minutes later by having that like cliffhanger post-credit scene of like oh the america it's like come on someone needs to die like we're in season going on season five of this they've been fighting intergalactic monsters and these children are all still alive yeah they gotta kill off some of the main cast i think yeah dude if this this show ends with every one of the main cast like still alive Mm -hmm. that would be ridiculous yeah sadie sink was the star of last season but i still think they could have killed her off and i thought for sure they were gonna kill her and dude i don't even know like people are obviously it's just rumors and people loved this character so they want him to come back but like if they bring eddie back then like they really have they have no spine they have no backbone yeah. And they will, I thought they were going to kill Max in season four, you know, when uh, she was being, you know, killed or whatever. And she ended up. Yeah. Like her eyes think, yeah. Popped, I, right? she's blind or something? Yeah. She's blind now or something like yeah. that. I thought for sure they were about to kill her and I would have had respect for it. But they just don't want to. I don't know. Maybe they're trying to really lean into like being a kid show and they don't want to kill anybody. I guess so. That could be the case. We'll see. Uh, let's see. Last last week, everything everywhere all at once returned to fourteen hundred theaters across the country and made an extra one million dollars at the box office. It's a great movie. I didn't get to see yeah. it, but seeing that in theaters is probably a great experience. Yeah, I wish I could have gone to the theaters last weekend, but you know, it's already is, the, is, already is, the highest grossing a twenty four movie, and they just uh, ran up that total a little bit. Yeah, I mean it's it's the best a twenty four movie, so it's. It earned, it's earned its spot to be the highest cursing. Yeah. Uh, there's been a few announcements about what trailers are going to show during the Super Bowl. 
the Flash is going to get their big trailer. We haven't really seen much of the Flash, uh, but uh, about five, four months out now. Uh, so yeah, we definitely need to see something. For yeah, that. I mean, obviously we'll talk about uh, part of you know the Flash got mentioned in James Gunn's announcement and like what mm-hmm. you know he just casually threw out that it's going to reset the whole DC universe. Yeah. So I guess now like I'm actually like excited to see it. I mean, it's been so weird because like of all the show at Ezra Miller and you don't know like what's going on. Was it going to get scrapped at some point? Were they going to yeah. recast them in the middle of the movie? seems like they're not doing any of that. And like, it's just been a very weird, like whole aura surrounding the flash. So it's insane. I don't even know pushed, like, what the thing is supposed to release in like 2020 and then COVID happened and it got pushed back a million times. And Ezra Miller went on his crime spree and then yeah, they got to be pissed. that got pushed back. Cause if that would have came out before, the crime spree, they would have had like, you know, they would have been able to wipe their hands clean and been like, Hey, we put this movie out and he did this shit. Like exactly now, now yeah. they, now we can get rid of them and you know, we're not losing a couple hundred million dollars on this budget. Yeah. I'm excited to finally see a little snippet of it though. Uh, fast X, the 10th installment of the fast and furious franchise will also be releasing a trailer during the Super Bowl. I, I mean, <laughs> these are the perfect example of the, like the popcorn movies, but like they're too, it's too, it's too far gone. I don't yeah. think I've watched one of these movies since the sixth one. It, I don't know. It's just like, do people still have like an appetite for this? Thi- like, it's it's kind of crazy. Like watching from the beginning, how it started off as a street racing show, and like has it, how it's escalated into what it is now. It's actually bonkers. Yeah, I think what is Ludacris and Tyrese went to space in the last one. I think. Yeah, I mean, you have Vin Diesel. Uh-huh. They're like swinging across mountains in their car and like getting in brutal crashes and just walking away without even like a stain on their white t-shirts. Yeah. It, it's. I mean, hey, listen, it's one of those movies. I'm not personally into it, but I think like you know, if people are like, ah, fuck it, the new Fast and Furious is out. Like, let's just go. Let's just go watch it. Have fun for an hour, even though it's dumb as hell. It's the perfect like just turn your brain off type of thing. Yeah. Which I'll never, you know, hate on people for wanting to see that. I'm never, just personally no. done with it. Yeah, I think I've only saw the first three. Uh, one, Two Fast and Furious, and then Tokyo Drift. But I just looked at the Fast 9 box office. Guess how much they made at the box office? I don't even have, like, a. I don't even know. $726.2 million. So that would answer your question to see if people have an appetite. That's, <laughs> that's, that's crazy to me. People are all in on Dom Toretto and family. In my opinion, the peak of that franchise was probably like the fifth one because it was ridiculous, but it wasn't too ridiculous. I also think that movie was the introduction of the rock and it wasn't like it was, it was a, that movie was good. I I advise at least watching up to that. I think after that is when it starts getting ridiculous, especially when you start considering the fact that like there's a whole like continuity thing, like the movies aren't told in order. Like, yeah, dude, like I'm not even (laughs) kidding. If people might not even know this, I really didn't know this. You can look that up. Cause like, um, I can't remember the one character. Uh, his he died in Tokyo Drift, but then no, it's, um, Han, I think his name yeah, is. Yeah, Han. Yeah. But he's like he comes back in like the fifth. He's there in the fifth one, but then like it, the sixth one like shows his. De- it's all out of order. It's it makes no sense. It, I just think hmm. that I don't even think they meant to do that. I think that literally they just fucked up and they were like, you know what? Like now this movie actually happened here. I'm gonna have to look this up at some point and bring this on the podcast. But yeah, I won't get too caught up on it. Yeah, I'll have to check them out eventually. Uh, but Disney also announced their four movies that they're going to release trailers for. Uh, first, it's going to be the final trailer for Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantum Mania. That, I mean, I am I couldn't be any more excited for that movie than I already am. Yeah, that's uh, two weeks. 
two weeks? Is that the 17th, right? Yeah, yeah. It's the two weeks from uh, tomorrow, so I guess technically tonight. Uh, after that, Guardians of the Ga- Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 is releasing, I believe this will be their first big trailer, trailer right? The last one was yeah. kind of like a teaser. Yeah, I don't think I've seen a full trailer, I don't think. Yeah, I think it's just a short teaser. I mean, I that's another one. I can't wait for it. Uh, yeah. Obviously, like there needs nothing needs to be said about the Guardians. I mean, yeah. they're awesome. The James Gunn's last project with the MCU. I mean, I guess yeah. it's notable. So hopefully, he goes out on a high note. I know that he brought these characters from obscurity to like one of the most popular groups of superheroes out there. So like, good for mm-hmm. him. I hope they get a triumphant send off. Yeah, all in uh, on that as well. Real quick, I looked it up. This is the chronological order. Of the Fast and the Furious timeline. So it's the first movie, the second movie, the fourth movie, the fifth movie, the sixth movie, the third movie, the seventh movie, the eighth, and then the ninth. So for some reason... Tokyo Drift is out of of place. Yeah, Tokyo Drift goes from being the third movie in the chronological order to the sixth. And everything else gets bumped up one because for I don't know why that I literally have no clue as to why they did that. I guess you can do it just because it is kind of outside of I mean it's kind of stands on its own outside of the final scene when he races Dom Toretto, right? It really just makes me feel like they literally just killed off Han and then like ah fuck like we kind of want to bring him back. Yeah. So like let's just put, say that this movie happens later. Like it it just feels like they because like being one movie off in your in like your timeline just literally makes it seem like that's the that's what happened. Yeah, pretty much. Okay, that's uh, my rant. Uh, and their final Disney's final two are uh, children's oriented. Uh, the live action Little Mermaid is getting a their big trailer. And then Elemental, it's the next uh, Disney Animation Studios uh, animated film. I yeah, I mean, no, too much about it, honestly. Obviously, like I won't be, you know, caring about the Little Mermaid live action as I haven't really cared about most of the live action remakes of the Disney yeah. movies. I mean, I know there was a lot of stupid like commentary around like the Little Mermaid and the casting, and I'm not even going to touch on that because it's so fucking stupid. Mm-hmm. But like, as a grown adult man with no children, I really have no desire to watch it. So yeah, I mean, Elemental, like maybe I'll check it out. I mean, hey, like you know, other Disney animated movies, you know, like them and Pixar, like, they're they're good. So I mean, if I hear that it's pretty good, maybe I'll watch it. Yeah, uh, those are mostly just gonna be things that I would watch with my niece and nephew on the beach yeah. or something I'm, like that. I'm sure, I'm sure at some point it'll hit Disney, Disney Plus. Plus. Yeah, exactly. Uh, a little more DC news unrelated to the phase, but Dave Bautista said he doesn't think he could play Bane, which has been a popular fan cast at this point in his career, but he does have interest in playing, uh, Lex Luthor. Yeah, dude. I mean, that's interesting. Uh, Bautista obviously is on his way to like prove that he's the best WWE actor. And I mean, I think that's definite so far. I've heard, uh, we haven't seen it yet, but I've heard his performance in the new M. Night Shyamalan movie is, is good from, you know, yeah. critics that I respect. So that would be interesting. I, you know, what's another one I saw. I never, I, he, obviously he hasn't touched on it, but someone fan cast him as Hugo strange. I they, saw that. They, they yeah. put the, they edited his beard and put those glasses on him. And like, honestly, that looks pretty good. But I mean, Hey, if he wants to play Lex Luthor, yeah. I mean, listen, that would be DC would be showing a lot of co- confidence in his acting and all that, because Lex Luthor is like, you know, Superman's, I would say like what his second biggest, uh, enemy next to dark side. I guess if you count dark side as a strictly Superman villain, like Lex Luthor would be either. Yeah. Lex Luthor would be one or two for Superman. So like, that would be showing a lot of faith in in Dave Batista, which you know, I, obviously, I think his acting is good so far. So, I mean, that would be interesting. 
Going back to that Hugo Strange though, if I could, lo- I would love him in the Battinson reverse. Yeah. As the, you know, because I think the one series was supposed to be like in this Arkham Asylum right before they did just Penguin. So put him in charge over there and. Yeah, that'd be cool. Let Dave Bautista rock in that universe, man. That'd be sick. Yeah, yeah definitely. Uh, we touched on this a couple pods ago, I think. The Michael Jackson biopic. They said <laughs> that his nephew, Jafar Jackson, will play the iconic uh, King of Pop. Well, now I'm going to need to look him up because I don't even know what he looks like. I I looked him up, and I don't think he had a Wikipedia page. I don't think he's an actor. I mean, I I see the resemblance like mm-hmm. of Michael when his skin was darker. Uh, I guess if that's you know the time period they're covering, I see it. But like you said, is he an actor? Like he doesn't have a. I had. I'm not seeing a real Wikipedia page. I'm seeing some like variety articles, but I don't think he's ever been in anything. I think. I think it's kind of like straight out of Compton, where they just. I mean, O'Shea Jackson, I think, was an established actor at the time. And it says this will be the first major film role for him, who's the second youngest. Who is the second youngest? Jermaine, right? Yeah. Yes, he's the second youngest son to Jermaine Jackson. Interesting. I, I yeah. mean, whatever. I mean, I, I'm not any more or less. I was never like exactly excited for this anyway. So yeah, I'm not. A, I don't think I'm a big fan of music biopics over I, the last few years. I'm not, especially now. Like the now that you have a family member that's gonna play him, I have a feeling they're I, just gonna stay away from all the controversy. Exactly. Like, imagine if he. Imagine if he sucks too. <laughs> that would. That would. Yeah. No. I mean. You can't your uncle's legacy. You really can't fuck up playing the king of pop. One, probably the most famous human being to ever lived. That'll give you yeah. a. That's not exactly a great way to start your career. No, definitely. But like I said, I would imagine now they're not going to touch any of the controversy if the family's involved. Mm-hmm. Which I don't know if that's for better or for worse, but I guess we'll see. Yeah, I can't say I'm too excited for that. Um, no, I'm like indifferent yeah, on it. Showtime announced uh, that there's a, de- a new Dexter series. Have you have you watched Dexter? I've never Fans watched Dexter? Dexter. The first couple seasons of Dexter, I think, are some of the most elite television of all time. Uh, it sucks that it's only on Showtime. I I don't I'm not sure if it's still on Netflix, but they announced that there's going to be a young Dexter series. It's in the works. Uh, there was a uh, Dexter New Blood uh, season one came out last year, but they canceled season two. So I think that tells you all you need to know about the first season. I mean, yeah, it kind of seems like they're just trying to do too much with this at this point. I know yeah. that, like, I know I never watched it, but I know it has an ending that didn't satisfy people. But, like, I, how many times can you keep trying? Yeah, but, like, prime Dexter elite television. It's yeah, I've, I've heard. There's just so many shows that I want to watch and so many yeah. shows I want to get to and more shows come out. I wish the world would just take a pause, like a like a one-year pause on all shows and just let me catch up. Yeah, that'd be so nice. I agree with that. <laughs> if only. Uh, some video game news and also some Star Wars news. Uh, EA announced that Star Wars Jedi Survivor has been postponed eight weeks until April 28th. I didn't even know that. I actually forget yeah. when it was supposed to come out, but I'm be, uh, middle March. The good news is that, uh, the Hogwarts game comes out and I plan on yeah. getting that, uh, and that'll hold me over until the, uh, Star Wars game comes out. One week from tomorrow is Hogwarts Legacy. That's awesome. Uh, yeah. So. I'll, I'll grind on that, plus The Last of Us Part 2 whenever I get to that. Until Just Death finish that, actually. I'm almost on Part 1. I'll probably finish that tomorrow. Uh, yeah, that, that The Last of Us Part 2 is uh, 
very fucking depressing, but it's a very good game. I know it's very uh, controversial. It's very decisive. Yeah, uh, some people hate it. Some people love it. I'm in the camp of I like it, just less than the first game. Yeah. Uh, Amazon announces that Terminal List uh, was renewed for second season, uh, starring Chris Pratt. Uh, season one starred, uh, what's his name? Taylor Kitsch as well. Uh, it's in the mold of those uh, Tom Clancy, like Jack Ryan, uh, Jack Reacher shows. This I've heard not, of it. It's not Tom Clancy, but it did come out over this past summer. I think it was like June. Surprisingly very good. I've yeah, I've heard it's pretty good. It's another one of those like it just falls victim to too many shows being out for me. Yeah, yeah. I want to get. I did watch season one, but I do want to get into the Jack Ryan, Jack Reacher shows. I heard those were pretty solid. Right. And our last bit of news. I know you haven't you haven't seen Umbrella Academy, right? Yeah, it's a, I have another not. superhero genre uh, series on Netflix. Uh, the final season began filming today. The only thing I know about the Umbrella Academy is I'm pretty sure that Gerard Way wrote those comics, the lead singer of My Chemical Romance. I believe he did. Yeah, that was uh, apparently he was writing comics and then 9-11 happened and he decided to make music, which is such a random, random story. It's Gerard Way. He is the creator of Umbrella Academy. I actually, I mean, yeah, that makes me love it even more. Never got into it, never seen it, but I know that that is what started Gerard Way's music career. That is phenomenal. So thank yeah. you, Umbrella Academy, for giving us uh, the Black Parade. Yeah, so that yeah, that's my season four. Began filming today. I'm all in. Can't wait for it to come out. All right. So what have we been watching lately? Have you been watching anything recently this week? Any movies, any shows Dude, you've been catching up? I'm going to be honest. I've been watching the Batman, the animated series still just here and there. I've been, like, really busy. Like, But I've been uh, – actually, I've been reading uh, – batman dark victory i'm beginning into like reading some comics like i'm starting off with the most basic of like batman comics and like I, honestly i want to get into superman comics because i feel like superman i have not seen like a great represent obviously like i love man of steel but like i want to get into like the real superman character because i know man of steel goes for the gritty version but uh i'll say this so far the only comic book i've read is batman the long halloween and okay. Batman Dark Victory is the follow-up to that, and I will say that both of them so far have been amazing. Awesome. And, like, I know you're a big nerd like me, so honestly, if you ever feel like getting into reading some comics, dude, Batman The Long Halloween is um, is amazing. Those are awesome. Is that second one also one of the animated movies that they made on HBO Max? You know if they made one? I don't know if they made a Dark Victory. I know that for a fact they have the Long Halloween. Yeah, I know the Long Halloween. I haven't gotten to that one yet. But I, I also have. Yeah, I also have a copy of Batman Hush, which I'm going to read after. Dark I watched Victory. that one. I did yeah, watch that one. Dark, the only, I'm reading Dark Victory first, just because it's the follow up. But I want to read Hush very badly. Yeah, well, I had a busy week watching stuff. So I finished the John Wick collection. I so finally, good. I finally watched John Wick three. I think my rankings go one, three, then two. I'm so right. close to having three over one. Like it's so close because three is just like the perfect amount of ridiculous yeah, and just so much it. fun. And also like, I have to admit, like I am such a sucker for them, like for the lore of that, like world. Like I it's love so it. cool. Like, and I, so I love that the third was definitely the most expansive into the lore. The first one is more of a self-contained story, which I yeah. respect immensely, but I've loved all three of those movies. 
Yeah, I can't wait for four. And then we, we get my boy Hiroyuki Sonata. You get Bill Skarsgård. Lawrence uh, Fishburne, who appears Lawrence in everything. Fishburne's back, yeah. Yeah, I'm excited for that. Lawrence uh, Fishburne is one of those guys that you just forget he's in so many things. He just pops up in everything. Yep. He's the king of, like, side characters. Uh, yeah, literally. Uh, what? I started Indiana Jones. I haven't seen them in probably 15 years. Dude, I've never seen them either, which is crazy because it's like the other, you know, me and you, we love Star Wars. We love Lord of the Rings. We love all that. But like, I think we both have a blind spot to Indiana Jones. Yeah. So I've been trying to get into more Spielberg lately after watching Fablemans. And obviously these are, this is like his biggest series of all time. Absolutely. Uh, I watched Birdman last night. Uh, best picture winner from the 2014 Oscars or I guess 2015 Oscars, 2014 film. Uh, I watched some pretty shitty 2023 movies uh namely shotgun wedding on prime it's the new j-lo and josh duhamel action rom-com yeah needless to say that is uh very bad i think i gave it (laughs) like a two two five out of ten and i I think i was being a little generous oh my god Uh, well as as far as birdman goes though that uh, that's on hbo max now i will definitely be watching that that's been that's been on my letterbox watch list probably as long as i've had a letterbox account so i will definitely be finally getting to that soon highly highly recommend uh then today uh another dog shit movie i i told you about it earlier i finally got the balls to watch old uh i believe (laughs) that was in preparation for uh knock at the cabin I did want to watch M. Night's last movie, and uh, needless to say, I was flabbergasted at how brutally awful it was. Yeah, I'd never had any desire to watch that because I thought the concept was so stupid. All I heard was that it was awful. Now, you know, you're telling me it's awful. I, I'll probably never even watch old. Yeah, if, uh, if I've heard good things about Knock at the Cabins so far, so... Or not Knock at the Cabins, that was called. Yeah. So, I've heard good things, so if if it does disappoint me, I might be all the way out on M night. Uh, I hate to hate on a, a Philly yeah. legend. Uh, but yeah, I and mean, then, he's just, he's so hit or miss and his misses yeah. are so bad. And finally I started Chernobyl, uh, yes. the other night. I'm probably going to finish that tomorrow on my day off. So I'll, I'll be able, I'll be glad to give a miniature review on that next pod. Chernobyl is one of the best like shows of like the last, I don't even know how long it's definitely the best like mini series ever. Yeah. That's what I hear. I hear amazing things and I've only seen the first episode, but Oh, you've only seen the first so episode. Cool. Yeah. I'll, uh, no spoiler shit. The third episode of that show will, will break you. Well, okay. Similar to let's segue yeah, like, that right into the last perfect. of us episode three of the last of us. Uh, like you just said, it will emotionally break you. Yeah, dude. I mean, I was a little late to the party. I didn't watch it until last night, literally, because uh, I was waiting to watch it with my girlfriend. And uh, yeah, I have not recovered. I have been down pretty bad for the last 24 hours because of that. Uh, I mean, spoiler alert if you haven't watched it, but uh, it covers the backstory of Frank and Bill. And they took the liberty in the show to kind of like do it the way they wanted to do it. They definitely mm-hmm. deriviate if that's the right word from the, from the game, have you gotten deviate? Yeah. Have you gotten to the, the bill part of the game? You're, you're, you're way past that, right? Yeah. So last, last Friday, um, I think before that I left off, uh, at the end of episode two, when Tess blew herself up, 
But then I started playing Friday. I got through the build, yeah, that whole, uh, what do you like chapter of the yeah. of the main story, and then I I just kept going. Right. I mean, dude. So in the game, you know, uh, you meet Bill. Him and Joel don't really like each other, mm-hmm. uh, and eventually you find Frank hanging from a ceiling fan because yeah. apparently he ran away at one point and got bit and he killed himself. And you find all these notes of him saying how much he hated Bill. Mm-hmm. And then the show fucks around and just made one of the most beautifully told love stories mm-hmm. in TV history and just did it in 50 minutes. It was, it was a mat. When you talk about acting masterclasses, what Nick Offerman and Murray Bartlett did in this episode, it was dude, phenomenal. It's, it's crazy. I mean, I, I don't even know how to describe it, dude. They literally fucked around and made one of the most beautiful love stories in TV history. Mm-hmm. Just like, just on a whim, like on one line from the game where he says that was my partner and they just yeah, ran it. with it. And it, dude, it was I, I, like, I'm still like torn, torn up by it. I mean, everything from some of the lines, you know, like, uh, I was never scared until you came and, uh, I'm, I'm old. I'm satisfied. You were yeah. my purpose. Like, Dude, I mean, it's just a beautiful story. Like, I think it fits in so well with the show because it's a nice, like, obviously it plays into Joel and Ellie's story because we'll talk about the end with the note. But, like, it's just a good story showing how, like, people in the apocalypse are still, like, looking for love and human connection. And, like, Mm -hmm. obviously, like, Bill's character was alone for four years before he met. Uh, Frank and I, I saw a lot of people, you know, like reacting, being like, "Oh, why is he so trusting her off the bat?" It's like, dude, he probably craves human interaction. Like, yeah. even as a crazy prepper, whatever you want to call him, uh, he Doom definitely day, yeah, survivalist. He definitely still uh, craves human interaction after so long. And also, someone made a good point, uh, and I think you actually sent it in our group chat about how this episode and the, in this world, you know, the the outbreak happened before gay marriage is even legalized. Yeah. So like, you I know. Uh, Bill in this universe, you know, when they're about to, when they're in bed together, he says, you know, have you done this before? And he says, you know, with a woman like once it's like, yeah, because the gay marriage was not legal. It was not normalized yet. People still like looked at that in a very, uh, a bad way. Mm-hmm. So he probably, you know, uh, it's just dude all around. It was so depressing. Uh, when they, when they end their story in the, in the show, you know, with the take me to bed and they both go out together. Like I was, I was holding back like full on like sobbing, yeah. not just like crying. Like it was it was really, really rough. Yeah, man. Yeah. When you're talking about like a show or movie breaking you, that was episode three. I mean, uh, like, yeah. The way you can kind of take a story that was not told in the game. I think Craig Mason brought this to Druckmann. It was like this is my thoughts, and Druckmann was like, yeah, let's run with this. Yeah, dude, I uh, mean, like, and the best part about it is, like, almost no one is complaining about it going away from the games. Like, I- I've seen <laughs> nothing. I've seen, like, 95% love. Obviously, like, I don't even want to feed into the trolls. There's, like, the 5% that are like, oh, it's woke, it's bullshit. Like, if you if you can't appreciate a beautiful love story about, like, human interaction, like, you're just a piece of shit, and I don't give mm-hmm. a fuck. Like, that's just, that is what it is. You're just an idiot. I'm not even going to feed into the trolls. But, like, it's kind of crazy. Like, everyone's like, oh, stick to the game, stick to the game, stick to the game. And then they take a big leap away from the game, and everyone loves it. I mean, they've, literally, they've, they couldn't be doing this more, more perfectly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, at the same time, I mean, Bill's entire purpose in the, in the game even was still, uh, Joel and Ellie getting that truck, and at exactly. the end of the episode, they still got the truck. So 
Yeah, and I mean, you never even, I don't think in the game you ever find out even what happened to Bill. So this is good, mm-hmm. like a good yeah. good closure for that character. I mean, yeah. it, it ended up being perfect. I will tell you this, I did not expect uh, both of them to die at the end. I definitely mm-hmm. thought that Bill was going to be alive to interact with Joel and Ellie. Uh, not that I care. I mean, I love the way they did it. But yeah, I, that caught me by surprise, like very much so. Yeah, I would have loved to see that little, like the high school shootout with the zombies and the bloater that you yeah. got in the game. But at the no, same I, time, like, I agree. I mean, I, I can't hate on it. It's still amazing. I agree. But like you just said, like, dude, if, listen, if you had to ask me to pick between like a, another zombie shootout versus like one of the best love stories I've ever seen, like I'm picking picking the second option because we're going to get plenty of zombie shootouts. Yeah. Like we're, I'm sure that they're going to be most of the next couple episodes as they, you know, continue to make their way to Wyoming to meet up with uh, Tommy, which also, like I wanted to say, it, it all ties in because at the end of the episode, you know, you read that note uh, that Bill left, which I thought was funny, you know, to whomever, but most likely Joel yeah. and like Bill writing in the note, like, you know, like laughing, like, oh, it has to be you because anyone else would have gotten killed, like it, all that. And then like just reading about like how he said, you know, we're put here there was one person worth saving and we were put here to like help this person and all that. And like, obviously he wrote it in, in with Tess in mind, but like mm-hmm. Joel is going to take that and apply it to Ellie. And you see that as they share a little bit of a moment, uh, leaving the development, you know, listening to the music and, you know, smiling and just like, you can see the, the relationship is starting to be formed even like, mm-hmm. even before they get to the bill part when, uh, when they are at, uh, they're at the Cumberland farms and they're leaving. And then, uh, Joel is like, oh, we're going to walk off road here because I don't want you to see something like just like you can tell he's starting to care. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I mean, like that stuff, too. That was funny. Like, you know, like how Ellie's so enamored by like flying in planes and like driving in cars, like, you know, that, all that yeah, stuff. That, that was different. For granted. The, that was different from the game as well, because in the game, uh, Ellie like knew how to drive. She was saying, I remember. Yeah. And that's so how like get away. I, that was an interesting like thing to take in mind. And also like how he talked about, you know, the pancake mix and how the outbreak happened. And you think back to the first episode when they were at a pancake mix and mm-hmm. like all they that stuff. So, to like, eat the biscuits from the how easily, how easily they could have been infected. Like, yeah, it's kind of crazy when you think about it like that. Yeah. Yeah. It was a fantastic episode of TV. I had another thought, but it escaped me. I'll bring it up if I can think of it. Yeah. That's just, yeah, I, I think I was saying in our group chat the other day, but I think that was the first time since the Battle of the Bastards episode of Game of Thrones where I, at, after it was over, I said, holy shit, this was an amazing, amazing episode of television. Absolutely. That was, that was 20, 2015, probably, yeah. Battle of the Bastards around then. It's definitely one of so, the best episodes of TV like I've ever seen. Yeah, fully agree. And, you know, we're getting... It's just fully... Uh, cementing itself as the best video game adaptation I've ever seen. I, I don't every every, every week, it just keeps being more and more obvious. Yeah, I mean, it's literally not even close at this point. Yeah, so I'm, I'm very close to giving it a 10 out of 10 rating. I know episode 3. I think I think it was a 9.6 on Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, it's yeah, uh, it's a 10 out of 10. I have, to, I have to assume at least some of that is the people that we were talking about before. Yeah, just complaining about homophobia and all that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, but who would have thought that... Uh, Ron Swanson would have given the most heartfelt moment television episode I've ever seen. Yeah, I mean, uh, there's just just so much, uh, yeah, so much emotion. I, I've watched you know, a couple reactions and like just like thinking about some of the lines, some of the scenes, like gets me legitimately emotional. Like the people who wrote that episode, I don't know their names off the top of my hand, but like fucking mm-hmm. hats off, kudos to you guys because 
you somehow managed, like I said a million times in this podcast already, to write one of the most moving and emotional love stories in TV history. And you did it in one episode, and in Mm -hmm. only 50 minutes of an hour and 15-minute episode. Yeah. It's legitimately impressive. Yeah. Yeah, man. I love it. I'm excited for episode four. I'm excited to see where it takes us throughout the rest of the season. And they did announce that season two has been greenlit. Yeah, which uh, I I really wonder. I mean, with a deviation like they did with this episode and they kind of went away from the story in total, mm-hmm. I wonder if they will uh, have this whole game be told in one season or if they're going to go uh, have the first game run into the second season or if they're going to do, you know, the second game as the second season. That'll be interesting to yeah. see. That's what I'm thinking so far. You know, I think I think they announced a nine episode first season. Yeah, I, I think it's either nine or eight. Yeah, so. Based off what I'm playing, what I've played through so far, I think uh, I was trying to like count what episodes could be what. So like like four and five could be. Uh, well, we know Henry and Sam are gonna be in uh, the next couple episodes. I I assume that storyline could be four and five. Uh, maybe the lab episode six. Yeah. Uh, Tommy episode seven. Yeah, they got to be getting Tommy in the next couple episodes for sure. I think that that was my thought process. When I was, when I'm playing through the game, I'm trying to map out what could be episodes. So that so I'm I'm around that episode seven eight part right now. So I have a feeling if they do the second game, the second season, there's going to be a lot they change just because I know that it's uh, divisive. So mm-hmm. I feel like they'll change a good amount about the second game. There will also be a pretty a pretty. There's another pretty big character that gets introduced in the second game. It'll be interesting to see. Who they cast as that person? So got you. That's Abby character. I'm guessing. Yes, yes, she is a major, major part of the second game. So that'll be a a long, uh, an interesting cast. Gotcha. Hell yeah, yeah. I'm excited. To see what Mason and Druckmann and HBO have in store for us. Yeah, they haven't missed so weeks. far. Three for three. Three for three is right. And now we get into our next segment. Uh, we're now we're finally getting into James Gunn's announcements on Tuesday afternoon. He announced yes, uh, the first uh, phase, if you will, of the DCU. Uh, yeah. He's calling it Chapter One: Gods and Monsters. I, I dude, I, w- I just want to say right off the bat. I love giving it a name like that. Like I know yeah. that uh, Marvel does it, but they, they do it like retroactively. Like they said, oh, you know, phases one through yes, three or whatever yeah. are the. Yeah. I like just doing chapter one, gods and my something about that That's just makes sick. like the nerd in me happy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, he announced ten projects, uh, five films, five series. I'm going to run through those right now with a little description of each. One second, while I pull up my notes. Yeah, man. So number one. Uh, what I think everyone's really been waiting for. He's the biggest superhero of all time. It's Superman. Uh, it's called Superman Legacy. It's the start of the DCU. Uh, it's not an origin story for Superman. The film is going to follow the younger days of Clark Kent as he balances his Kryptonian heritage with his human upbringing. James Gunn said he's writing the script. Uh, Peter Safran, uh, his co-president, hopes that Gunn will direct. Uh, they there is still a, a separate Superman movie uh, produced by J.J. Abrams and written by Ta Nezi Coates. Uh, that's going to be in the, uh, they're calling the Else Worlds. That's the black Superman that they've been talking yeah. about the last couple I, of years. I'm happy they, uh, they're, they're going to like, you know, label things as Else Worlds. That way, like that way, like you can have things going on outside of the main universe. I, I that's mm-hmm. a good deviation from what Marvel's doing. So yeah. I, I'm interested in that, but to talk about the Superman, uh, 
I've seen a lot. I, I'm pretty sure James Gunn also like posted some comics that he's taking inspiration from. Mm-hmm. And the one for Superman was called uh, All Star Superman. And I've heard a lot about that comic. And apparently it's very good. And that is like one I, I said earlier, I want to read some Superman comics. Like that's the one I definitely want to read. Uh-huh. Um, I, I've heard about like, you know, obviously we're just getting off of Zack Snyder, uh, his DC run and everything's dark and gritty. And, you know, that's kind of what Man of Steel was going for as well. I've heard that this Superman all-star run is like, it is like at the core who Superman is like, you know, like happy and like, symbol of hope. like yeah, symbol of hope. Like, and I, I want to see that in movie form. Like, don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. I, I'm all for dark and gritty. Like when it comes to certain characters, but I, I want Superman to be who Superman is supposed to be. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. So that, that's going to be the uh, kickoff to the DCU uh, leading right into the second film. Uh, I personally haven't heard of this story. Uh, there's uh, first back to Superman. They dig your release date. It's going to be July 11th, 2025. Right on. Uh, so the second film is called the authority. It's the cinematic introduction of the authority. It's a team of superheroes with a less than idealistic approach to saving the world. Uh, first introduced under the Wildstorm imprint at DC Comics in 1999. Uh, that was folded into the main DCU universe during the New 52 in mm-hmm. 2011. Uh, I really don't know much at all. Uh, they say uh, it's going to explore the gray morality of crime fighting when questionable heroes take matters in their own hands. The, it seems like that Suicide Squad type of... Uh, when you when you take that, that gray morality, it's like anti-hero type. Yeah. You know, like Suicide Squad, Deadpool, that genre. Yeah, I mean, it being a group of characters that are pretty, like, well, like, unknown, maybe it's going to be, like, you know, DC's uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. That's what I was thinking. Like, James Gunn, this seems right up his alley. Yeah, I mean, he likes to take obscure characters and bring them into stardom. So, like, listen, I've never heard of them. I've never really read into them at all until Mm -hmm. I just heard about them by James Gunn. So, I mean, I'm still excited. Yeah, I mean... I'll be just as tuned. Yeah, I'll be just as tuned into all this stuff as I am with the MCU. Exactly. I'm We've said bit. before, like, dude, if this is done right, like, there's no reason it can't be just as good, if not better, than the MCU. Mm-hmm. DC has amazing stories and amazing characters. Yeah, Batman, Superman, you name it, I'm all in. Uh, number three, their third film announced is The Brave and the Bold. Yeah, it's going to introduce the Bat family to the DCU. The we got our wish, Mike. Fi- exactly, bro. Uh, the film is going to focus on Batman's relationship with Robin, who will be the fifth incarnation of the character, Damian Wayne, instead of Dick Grayson, Tim Drake, Jason Todd, or Stephanie Brown. Uh, it's going to feature a new iteration of Batman. It's going to be entirely se- separate from Robert Pattinson and Ben Affleck. Ben Affleck. Uh, both Gunn and Saffron say that Damian Wayne is their favorite Robin uh, because he's, uh, they call him an assassin, little son of a bitch. Uh, <laughs> said to heavily... Being heavily inspired by Grant Morrison's uh, run, they say that's like one of the greatest runs of Batman comics. Yeah, that's what they say. Um, I just I wonder what the timeline will be uh, having uh, Damian Wayne as uh, Robin. Like I wonder if that means like the other Robins have already happened, if they're skipping yeah. over them, or if they're like kind of shifting the timeline so Damian Wayne is the first Robin. Like I wonder. I mean, listen, that opens up the possibility of having an established Nightwing. In the mm-hmm. DCU, which would be fucking awesome because we haven't we haven't gotten any Nightwing. Uh, then you also have to question like Jason Todd, like do, mm-hmm. do we have Red Hood running around? Like maybe at some point they do the red under the Red Hood storyline. Like 
I mean, there's interesting questions to be asked as far as like now we know what Robin we're getting first. So like where the rest of the Bat family will be. Also, the question I would have with this is I wonder how old they're going to go with this Batman. That's what I'm being being as he has a child that is old enough to be Robin. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so So, I was thinking like Damien's what probably around like young teens, right? I have to assume like 13, 12. Yeah, that's why this is a little fan cast, but. That Javon Walton, he plays um, what's his name in Euphoria? Uh, oh, Ashtray. Yes, yes, yes. I think he could be a perfect little jackass to play that Damian Wayne type Robin. Yeah. I think. I mean, dude, he how old? He's sixteen. I mean, yeah, dude, he could pull yeah. it off. He he looks young. I mean, he he has like the look. I could see it. Yeah, that's that was my first thought when I heard that announcement. So I'm, I mean, he, I he gave be, off the cool. he gave off the vibe of you know like a rebel, a, a rogue, and in, in, in Euphoria. So I listen as a first like fan cast, that's pretty cool. I could see him being a little bastard assassin. Yeah, I mean, yeah. So I, I listen. All I know is we're getting our wish of the Bat Family, and that's mm-hmm. all we asked for. That's all we said. You know, bring the Bat Family in to deviate this Batman from uh, Pattinson, mm-hmm. and we'll be good. And it seems like they're doing that. And I also just I think that Batman and DCU like being more like comicy, it opens itself up to more. Like for example, like I heard someone else say this: a character like you know a Clayface. Like you're not gonna have fucking Clayface in the Pattinson Batman universe. The, Bat yeah, Re- the Matt Reeves. Like bring like bring goofy characters like that in. Like make this shit comic booky as hell to really deviate it. And like it's also like kind of fun. Like it'll be nice to have a, a realistic Batman running at the same time. As like a Justice League animated series type Batman. That would be pretty sick. I agree. Very excited for that. Uh, Supergirl Woman of Tomorrow is the next film uh, given. Uh, it's a so- solo film of Superman's cousin Kara Zor-El. Uh, based on Tom King's comic run of the same name over the last couple years. Uh, it's unknown if it's going to feature the same version of the character. Played by Sasha Kaye in The Flash. Uh, James Gunn described the version as much more hardcore and is supposed to contrast the new version of Superman. I mean, uh, from what James Gunn said, the run that they're going off of is like, uh, Supergirl was raised on a, a chunk of Krypton Yeah, and saw everyone around her die and like, she's jaded. So I feel like that'll be very interesting to see like a, a Superman, but like maybe a little, like not as, not as hopeful and. You know, a little more like, yeah, like angsty and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I think that'd be kind of cool. I mean, Supergirl, I, I don't think, has ever really gotten a great screen presence. Yeah, I've I, that's another one. I've heard the comic that this is going to be kind of like loosely adapted off of his great. Maybe I'll get to read it one day. Yeah, Supergirl. But I am very excited for that. Hell yeah. And I think we're both excited for this next one, uh, Swamp Thing. Hell yes. The next attempt to bring Swamp Thing to the big big screen. I know it had a. I think it has a CW or DC show on HBO Max. Uh, but they say it's going to dive deeper into horror than any other DC. And that's project. exactly why I'm excited. Yeah. Uh, the characters still plan to interact with other regular heroes of the DCU since this mashup quality proved to work so well for the MCU. I think sometimes uh, these comic book like movies and people that are making them get too scared to dive into horror with some of their characters. Like mm. I've always said, as far as Marvel goes, I know Marvel doesn't technically have the rights to this character right now. Sony does, but like a venom horror movie be would so be great. Sick. Like there's some characters that just work for horror. I know that they just went with werewolf by night, which kind of like is the closest we've gotten to that. But like, I hope mm. they go full on horror with swamp thing. I think that would be so awesome. Yeah. And, and like, they, uh, yeah. They do have a director in mind. They did say James Mangold is in talks 
Uh, he did Logan, uh, Ford vs. Ferrari, and he's directing the next Indiana Jones this year. So, I mean, yeah, sounds good Not to bad. me. Yeah, so I'm all in on Swamp Thing. That'll oh, be um, cool yeah. One. Uh, then, uh, as part of that Elseworlds category, Batman Part 2 was announced for October 3rd, 2025. Love that. Halloween season. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, so, a, that's a good timing for it. Also part of the Elseworlds, uh, it's that this Batman, it's the Black Superman I uh, mentioned earlier, and the Joker sequel, Fully Ado, with Joaquin Phoenix. Yeah. And Gaga. I wonder who they're going to get to play that Superman. Yeah, I don't know. Uh I know Michael. It's like Michael B. Jordan's passion project. I don't know if they're actually going to tag him in to do it. That would be cool. I mean, I feel like he would be like my first like thought. Yeah, if I mean, if Jonathan, if Jonathan Majors wasn't locked in his Kang for the next who knows how three long, yeah. years, that would have been sick if he could have been a Superman. Yeah, uh, I, see, I definitely see Michael B. Jordan in that role for sure. I mean, that would be my cast. Yeah. Uh, they did announce five series. Starting off is Creature Commandos. It's an animated series. Uh, it's based on a 1980s team of military superhumans, including a vampire werewolf and a and Frankenstein's monster, who fight Nazis. Uh, this adaptation, yeah. this adaptation is gonna be a little different. Uh, it's gonna feature Weasel from the Suicide Squad. We did see Weasel come out of the water at the end. Yeah, he survived. Uh, so it is a James Gunn character. Uh, joining him will be Nina Mazursky, Dr. Phosphorus, Eric Frankenstein, the Bride of Frankenstein, G.I. Robot, and Rick Flagg's father, apparently. Uh, Fuck it. So this is going to be the DCU's first animated series. Every episode is written by James Gunn. Uh, some major characters are teased to also appear in live action later down the line, portrayed by the same actors. So they're going to have to get some yeah. pretty, pretty popular voice actors, I'd imagine. Yeah, I mean, hey, uh, I, this is another one that's kind of like the uh, the authority. I don't know anything about them, but like, especially it being animated makes me a little more excited because mm-hmm. like you could just get rid- this sounds ridiculous, and you could just lean into that ridiculousness in yeah. animation. And also, like, dude, like anytime you're fighting Nazis, like I'm there, I'm there to oh, see some yeah. Nazis get fucked up. Like, yeah, I'll listen. I'm I'm all for James Gunn taking ragtag groups of unknown superheroes, throwing them together, and just doing his thing. Throw some humor in there, and like let's just let's just roll with it. I, I I'm I'm excited for all of this. I I'll definitely be tuned into that. Yeah, I'm, I'm in on that. I can get down with some more weasel. It was a little creature goofball. commandos. Funny name too. I like it. Mm-hmm. Uh, next up, Waller. Uh, spinoff series following uh, Amanda Waller, set after season one of Peacemaker. Uh, Viola Davis will. She's the first casting announced. In general, in the DCU, she will be returning to reprise her role as Amanda Waller. Uh, not much other details other than it takes place between season one and season two of Peacemaker. And uh, Doom Patrol creator Jeremy Carver will executive produce. And Crystal Henry, who wrote The Watchmen for HBO Max, she will be writing this as well. That's a fantastic show. So, But... uh. James Gunn did mention that she will in the show Amanda Waller will be linking up with members mm-hmm. of Team Peacemaker. I don't know if that means we'll get John Cena's Peacemaker in the show. I, I don't know. Uh, I'm sure it'll be it'll it'll serve as a uh, little bridge between the seasons. Which, by yeah. the way, it is. I'm I am I am kind of surprised he didn't mention uh, Peacemaker season two at all yeah, in the uh, in the announcement because it's yeah. been ordered. So, but I'm, I'm sure assuming um, I'm assuming we'll see like Harcourt. Um, 
Die Beard. I forget his actual yeah, name. Yeah, uh, Waller's daughter, whose name yeah, I also can't daughter, remember. Uh, I, I forget the actress's name, too, but she, from Orange is a New Black and, and yeah. all that. I doubt we'll actually get Peacemaker. Maybe. I mean, I won't rule it out. Who knows? But, like, I'm sure it'll serve as a little bridge between the seasons. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they so said I, uh, that's coming out before the summer of 2025. Nothing specific. Right on. Yeah. Uh, next is Paradise Lost. They say it's inspired by Game of Thrones. It's a fantasy type series set on Themyscira, uh, the Amazonian island, long before the birth of Wonder Woman. The show is going to tell the origin of the Amazon's all female culture and society. I mean, I'm excited for it just based on the fact they said it's Game of Thrones inspired. That just sounds cool as hell. So I'll tune into that, watch some uh, Amazonian Game of Thrones. Why the hell not? Yeah, I mean, it's lofty expectations when you uh, say it's inspired by that, but, man, it still sounds kind of sick. Yeah, absolutely. I'll be. I'll check it out. Uh, Booster Gold, it's another character I've never heard of. Uh, the small screen DCU introduction of the self-absorbed and time-traveling traveling hero from the future, Michael John Carter, a.k.a. Booster Gold. He was first introduced to DC Comics in 1986. Uh, James Gunn describes it as a comedy. He says Booster Gold has imposter syndrome as a superhero. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's another character I don't know, but uh, I feel like sounds like James Gunn. Yeah, like the story sounds like fun. It sounds funny. I like the idea of like, oh, he was a loser in the future, so he came Mm -hmm. back in time to be a superhero. Like, it it sounds funny. Like you said, it sounds James Gunn. Uh, uh, Yeah, I'm interested in it. I don't know the character, but I'd like to. Yeah, as soon as as soon as I saw like a picture of this character, he has like the blonde hair immediately, and then he says comedy. I immediately thought like Ryan Gosling. That just yeah. sounds like his his shit. I mean, I also just watched the Nice Guys again last weekend. Uh, so yeah, I'd, I mean, I'd love a Ryan Gosling superhero, honestly. Yeah, why not? Ryan Gosling is the man. So yeah, and finally, uh, another one that I love the idea of uh, another series, Lanterns. Uh, Fuck yes. A Green Lantern detective-like mystery series featuring both Hal Jordan and Jon Stewart. Uh, They're going to investigate a mystery that will tie into the larger DCU storyline. The main inspiration for the show is said to be True Detective, season one being one of the best seasons of television of all time. Uh, With it aiming to be a huge HBO-quality event, so maybe it snags that primetime Sunday slot. Uh, This project is officially replacing that Green Lantern HBO Max show that they previously had in development. I am so excited for this. And I'm so glad that, uh, I'm so glad that instead of making us choose how Jordan or John Stewart, they said, fuck it. Here's both. Yeah, of them. Let's give them both. Let's That's give them both. Awesome. Uh, maybe they'll go with a little bit more of like a old cop, young cop type thing. Have how mm-hmm. Jordan maybe be like the mentor to John Stewart. And I don't know. I'm just, I'm just spitballing. Obviously giving it a true detective comp is like kind of crazy. crazy. And, you know, like a little detective show for space cops. I mean, that mm-hmm. sounds like it's going to be fucking awesome. Yeah, I think it's going to be sick. I'm really excited to see that. Yeah, I'll be keeping a close eye out for all of these castings, but that's a big one. Yeah, yeah, I can't wait for those castings. Do you have a list of your excitement levels? I I think that I, oh man, it's hard to pick number one. But I think number one, I'm going to say Superman Legacy. You because want Superman? Like, I'm just... I'm waiting. Not that, not that. Again, not that. Uh, Man of Steel wasn't good or anything, but mm-hmm. I'm just waiting on this generation's like true Superman adaptation to like present itself, 
And I feel like this has the opportunity to be that. And Superman has gotten shafted, man. He's the superhero. Like, he's the most famous superhero ever. And, like, I feel like he hasn't gotten the just due that he deserves in the, this mm-hmm. decade or this fucking whatever since 2000. Like, I'm just – I'm ready for the definitive Superman of our generation to come. Mm-hmm. I do agree with that. But I did give number one to Batman. I just That's love what, Bat- yeah. I just love Batman so much. And then they're giving us the Bat family – it was between uh, Batman and Superman, so Superman is obviously my number two. Uh, but when you announce the Bat Family, you announce Robin, and we haven't gotten Robin since fucking Batman Robin in the nineties. Yeah, one those of the worst movies of all bad. time. Um, so yeah, I'm excited. I'm just I don't care how much good Batman we've gotten. I think we're getting a little spoiled, but I'm I'm all the way in on anything Batman. Yeah, listen, my top three was pretty pretty much neck and neck but my number two for most excitement i'm gonna say lanterns just okay. because like listen i i'm so so excited for dcu's batman do not take this the wrong way but since we already have a batman thing like mm-hmm. i am a little more like i'm i would rather you know like i'm just a little more excited for lanterns because we don't have any of that and obviously like same thing goes with superman like oh, i'm so okay. excited for the concept of the lantern show and like the green lantern is such a cool character and you want to talk about another character that's gotten fucked the last decade because of a bad movie i mean i know so i'm very excited for that and then obviously my number three there will be batman the brave and the bold mm-hmm. like we've talked about a million times so excited for the bat family yeah. finally to be properly brought into live action yeah so we have the same same top three just in different orders because lanterns is my number three as well right i mean i feel like that's got to be everyone's man they're yeah the- that's the three biggest things the three biggest characters in this slate, it looks like, because that uh, Wonder Woman show isn't showing Wonder Woman herself. Yeah. So obviously, you have to be excited for Batman, Superman, then the two biggest Green Lanterns. After that, I, I guess if we're doing like a top five, my number four would probably be Swamp Thing. Okay. I, I really feel like I'm excited for that. I want to see some horror comic book shit. I think Swamp Thing can be pretty cool if they do it well. Yeah, make, absolutely. Make it like that supernatural horror type vibe you know, I'm yeah all for sure and then if if they do get james mangled for it give it to me asap uh, yeah. my number four was supergirl uh just because i lean towards movies over shows nowadays i do love the shows they announced um i think supergirl i mean superman's awesome obviously and she's a girl female version of superman so she's yeah. gonna be badass it sounds like a badass backstory that we haven't really seen usually it's like she was like sent from krypton the same as superman but like lost her way yeah i, I like this later. deviation from that like i like i like this origin much more mm, it could be a little violent it could be badass if they nail that casting like really nail it i think it's gonna be pretty sick yeah, and then I guess I think my number five would be uh, Supergirl, but very, very, very close behind is uh, Paradise Lost. Okay, yeah, I had, I had Swamp Thing thing at my number five, so we uh, we're got we have the same here. we have the same five just in different orders. Yeah, hundred percent. So. Dude, I, I seriously can't wait. I'm so excited for DC to get up and running yeah. and just, like, compete with Marvel. And, like, hey, listen, at the end of the day, it could be good for Marvel, too, to have some competition to, you know, light a little fire under their ass to really get their shit together. Not saying that, listen, we're not Phase 4 haters, but, like, I know no. there are a lot of them. But, like, hey, competition only breeds innovation, so. Yeah, slight step down, but still great. Absolutely. Sometimes you just need some competition to get you together. 
yeah, overall, I'm just I'm ecstatic for the what James gonna announce. I think it's like perfectly him. They now they announced their two biggest characters, and then they announced uh, you know lanterns that we haven't seen. We got that shitty Ron Reynolds movie in the 2010s or whatever, and that just shanked the character. Yeah, and then we get these goofy unknown characters like booster gold we're getting the authority and creature commandos like it just seems like things that james gunn can really elevate and make you know dc's version of the guardians or build upon his his suicide squad that yeah was amazing it was a fantastic film absolutely uh so i guess we'll wrap it up with our uh weekend six packs yeah man what are you did you pick out i got yeah I'll, uh, we can rip them off one by one. Uh, I'm pretty sure this just came to Netflix, and uh, this is a movie that both of us love and we both watched recently, La La Land. Hell yeah. I mean, it's just, I don't, listen, I don't even normally like musicals. I mean, maybe that was my, like, gateway into getting into them, but mm-hmm. uh, it's such a good movie. It tells a great story. The music is awesome. I think it has one of the best, like, ending scenes that, like, I've ever seen. So, mm-hmm. Absolutely, man. La La Land is a ton of fun. Even if you don't like musicals, take me as your example. I don't typically love them, and I loved that mm-hmm. movie. It's I'm one of my favorite way. movies. Like, check it out for sure. It's so much fun. Yeah, yeah, it's close to my top fifty. Movies I find myself singing songs from that soundtrack all the time, or just humming yeah. to them. Sometimes randomly, the City of Stars is yep. That's the pops one. up in my head. I'm like, oh, that or uh, I might have to rewatch that soon. That or like uh, the Waste of a Lovely Night is such a good song. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's such a good movie. Check it out. Damien Chazelle makes strictly bangers. Yeah. So La La Land is... I also would recommend that. Absolutely. Uh, one of mine, uh, one of my favorite movies from 2019, Sound of Metal. I just I was scrolling through Prime earlier. Banger. One of my favorite movies of that year. Uh, one of my favorite performances of the last five years and with Riz Ahmed in the lead role. Um... I'm doing my top 100 on Twitter. I did have that earlier today. Uh, I believe it is my 80. That's my 84th movie ranked movie of all time in a 9.4. Uh, so yeah, Sound of Metal. If you haven't seen it, it's an awesome story about a you know a guy going deaf from being you know yeah a rock drummer. That's another that movie that has an extremely powerful last scene. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, you, you yeah. don't know like the it just goes quiet. That yeah. sound editing was just awesome. Yeah, that that movie is. Uh, I don't. I don't know if it slept on. I slept on it for a while, but it's mm. very, very fucking good. Yeah. Uh, my next pick. I'm gonna go a little chalk here, but I was scrolling through Hulu, and it just made me think of it. Uh, Blade Runner 2049. If you're like me and you held off on watching this movie for whatever reason, maybe it just like fell yeah. behind on your list. Like it's just it's strictly like if it wasn't for Avatar: The Way of Water, it would probably be the most visually stunning movie ever. Mm-hmm. And it also goes along with a great story led by Ryan Gosling. You have great roles from uh, Harrison Harrison Ford's in there. You know Dave Bautista, mm-hmm. uh, Ana de Armas. Like mm-hmm. uh, Jared Leto is pretty good in his side role, yes. which I think is what he should be leaning into doing. Is not fucking being a leading man, but that's beyond the point. Uh, just an all around great movie. It really doesn't miss from any standpoint. Visually, acting, performances, uh, the plot, all of it hits. It's just mm-hmm. one. Of, it's straight up one of the best movies ever. And mm-hmm. I slept on that for a long, long time. So if you're out there and you're like me, uh, give in and watch it because yeah. people are not hyping it up. It deserves it. Blade Runner's in my top fifteen, I think. And then, I mean, Denny Villeneuve, my favorite director, active right now next to you know I mean, Nolan he, and all. He's just he does it. He Man. does not miss. Mm. And then. 
cinematographer, you said how visually stunning it is. I mean, it's the king. It's Roger Deakins. Like, yeah. He doesn't miss either. No, uh, cinematography is always amazing. My number two is one of my... I call it a really underrated movie. It's called The King on Netflix. It's uh, Timothy Chalamet. Uh, he plays one of the King Henrys. I f- honestly forget which one. Uh, but it's Chalamet. It's Joel Edgerton. It's Robert Pattinson as the Dauphin of France. It's the, the first time I saw Lily Rose Depp in a film. Uh, yeah, it's just a, one of those like warish type stories of historical drama. I gotta check this one out. Never, I never heard of it. It has one of my favorite battles of all time at the end. It's pretty sick. Pretty sick. I'm definitely gonna add that to my watch list. Solid cast. Good one. I highly recommend. And then uh, my last one, I'm going with an animated movie, and this one is directly at you because I know you've wanted to watch this, and oh, I shit. want to be the catalyst. Uh, Batman: The Mask of the Phantasm. Mask of the Phantasm. It is one of the best Batman stories ever told. I mean, it's Kevin Conroy and Mark Hamill just at their best in these characters, man. Like, I know I've said it on this pod before, but like, yeah, Christian Bale and Heath Ledger and, you know, Joaquin Phoenix and Robert Pattinson, they're all great in the roles, but bat- my Batman and Joker will forever be Kevin Conroy and Mark Hamill. Like, when I read, uh-huh. I, you know, I've been talking about reading comics. When I read these comics, I strictly hear their voices. Mm-hmm. Like, it's it's undeniable to me that they are those characters, and this is like them at their peak and, you know, beyond just the two of them, there's more of a plot than just that. There is the character of the Phantasm. And it's just an amazingly told story. It's probably the best Batman story ever. Sheesh. It's it's super, Very high super praise. good. Yeah, you, I know for a fact you'll love it. Yeah, I'll probably... Shit, I might check it out tonight. It's probably it's probably one of those, what, hour, hour and a half long? Yeah, HBO yeah. Max. Um, it's well, on HBO Max. Let me let me look it up real quick. Uh, it is 76 minutes. It's perfect. I might yeah, watch you can knock it out some. easy. I'll do some graphic editing tonight, maybe. It has some amazing scenes in it. There's one scene with uh, Bruce that is very emotional. I think you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. It's just, it's perfect. It's it's perfect. I, I, that's highly recommended to me a bunch of times. I think I might actually just have to pull the trigger. Yeah, as, as, as someone like you love Batman, I don't see any reason why you wouldn't rate this like a 10 out of 10 or at least mm-hmm. close to that. Okay. So my, my final movie of... Our six-pack is going to be Contagion. Uh, it's currently streaming on HBO Max. I just watched it for the first time the other night uh, because I was looking for something pandemic-y to kind of relate to The Last of Us, uh, but it made me re- uh, relate it more to COVID itself. Uh, it's you know it's Matt Damon. It's our good boy Lawrence Fishburne, mentioned earlier. Uh, Always popping up, man. It's just like an ensemble cast. Um, it's fine. I don't have it rated too highly. I think I have it around like a 7-8. Hey man, sometimes um, you gotta give out flicks. Yeah, it's, it's just a real solid uh, pandemic sciency movie. Pretty cool. Not much else to out. say about it. Just you know, it's, sometimes it's not. You don't have to watch the nine point fives, the tens all the time. Yeah. Sometimes, sometimes like, I like to give out these. We we pride ourselves on you know we have a movie podcast, but we're not we're not movie critics. We're not mm-hmm. you know film bros. We're just one of the people. And, you know, we're just giving you guys some good movies. Sometimes they're going to be just flicks, some some popcorn movies, just some that we think that you guys could turn on and have fun. Yeah, you just want, want a and couple bangers what... here and there, just light johns. Exactly. All right, so uh, that's all I got. Uh, next week we will obviously continue 
our saga into The Last of Us. Mm-hmm. And uh, we'll see if there's any movies that we watch that we need to review or, you know, just continue to tell you guys what we've been watching, what we've been checking out, and obviously talk about all the news that comes out. Mm-hmm. We'll see if anything, what happens. Obviously, can't predict that, but who knows? Yeah, we'll try, uh, to so, a, try to find a 2023 movie. Yeah, maybe maybe do maybe do a draft of some kind. We'll, we'll workshop yeah. all this. Don't you worry. All right, so uh, that's all I got uh, from Vince, from Mike. Uh, this has been episode five of From the Box Office, and uh, we appreciate you guys checking around, checking out, and hanging out with us. Uh, so we'll talk to you next week. Yep, have a good one. Peace.